A-Sides. Here we are, coming at you. Welcome back. Mother stinkers. <laughs> Cleaning my language up because it's a Sunday. So, uh, anyhow, what's new in the world, Andrew? Um, not much since last time. Just the same old, same old stuff since we're uh, being clean today. Oh, trust me. That's going out the window pretty quick. Mm. <laughs> I won't last too long, especially if I have... You know, get halfway through this Bloody Mary, the liquid courage just starts coming, and I'm all, ah. Yeah. Fired yeah, up. Fuck everything. See? Yeah, see, so you're already <laughs> fired up from working out, too. Yeah. So. And this water. This is some yeah. badass water. <laughs> so anyhow. Yeah, I don't, I feel like I had things I was going to bring up musically. Maybe bitch about the Kiss Destroyer anniversary thing. Yeah. Being delayed. Which confuses me because I actually got an email saying it was shipped, and then two days later got an email saying there was a delay in shipping it. And then I hmm. went back to the first email, clicked on the tracking, and it's like, yeah, it hasn't shipped. So, like, why did you fucking tell me it shipped? Oh, is that one of those things weird? where they just created a label? <laughs> yeah. like Yeah. Well, then don't tell me it shipped. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, like... Your email literally says it shipped, and then you click on it, and it's like, it didn't ship. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. A little side rant that has nothing to do with what we're actually going to talk about. But well, speaking of that, to go further back, there was something. There was like the last Metallica thing I bought, that S and M two. They actually did the same thing, but they mass emailed everyone and said, "If you see like a tracking number, it's not going to be going live. We're just we're just mass producing all of the labels. Then right. we're going to go back and you know slap them on. So they at least <laughs> were, I guess, like communicated it more right, or something. Like they're telling you, yeah." Hey, just a heads up, we're going to tell you it shipped, but it didn't really ship. <laughs> yeah, like, don't freak out. Well, yeah, I mean, the vinyl thing, we've probably discussed it before, yeah. but it's such a pain in the ass right now. Like, they just can't keep up producing it, and, you know. Yeah, and I've seen stuff blaming Adele for having, like, 500, you know, 1,000 copies, but I think even without that, shit was already bad anyways. Yeah, I mean, yeah, before that, people were blaming this and that, Walmart. Taylor Swift. Yeah. Like, you know. And yeah, I mean, there's probably like a lot of these stupid limited edition color, you know, exclusive at Walmart, Chicago's greatest hits on red vinyl. Like, who gives a shit? Like, yeah, um, yeah cause I think that kind of is part of the problem. Maybe more of those big box stores, I guess, are carrying more vinyl. So they're pressing more of those bigger artists. And then there's right. stuff that's like, I think I read something where. Say, like, you were going to actually put your album out on vinyl, you would have to, like, put it, uh, you would have to put it on the schedule or contact, like, a pressing plant um, now, and then it would actually get, it would actually be released, like, next year at this time. Like, they're already, like, a year out, I guess, is what I'm saying. So, like, when you're about halfway done with your record, you need to go ahead and put in the order before you even have the record done yeah or something but it's like well you still got to go through like the mixing the mastering all that stuff so yeah it's like that stuff takes time yeah who's gonna yeah because nobody's gonna complete a record and sit on it for a year like well we can't release it for a year because yeah you know that really is a fucking bummer i wasn't gonna put anything out on vinyl myself anyhow but you know if i wanted to it'd be a huge fucking bummer yeah so yeah well Fuck Adele. Fuck Adele. Bitch, that new song ain't that good. Just kidding. She is a lovely person, though. Yeah. And she is a great singer. I didn't love the new song, though, but we'll just get to our list. Yeah. We did something a little different with this one, and it was, I think we talked about it before, and then you kind of came up with a different idea. Yeah, because you actually mentioned it like a year ago. You said we should do like a list of like 10 guitar players. Or something, and then me being a jerk's like, let's only do four. Yeah, you made it so (laughs) fucking hard that I wanted to basically kill you by the time I was done making this list. Oh, Oh, I love you too. (laughs) Well, ten's pretty easy to come up with, I feel like, but to narrow it down to four, it's like I just had to think too much. And I didn't want to think that much, but there I was, thinking, using my noggin. See, I just did the opposite. I was like... Who are the first four that came to my head? And I looked back on this thing I wrote down. When you first mentioned it, I wrote down a bunch of guitar players, and I'm like, well, who are just the first four that came to mind? Boom, and I'm sticking with that. Well, it's probably a good thing to do. I had a hard time because I was like, okay, 
I feel like I appreciate a lot of different guitar players for different reasons. I tried, so I just kind of made this rock. Like that was my rule. Like I'm not even gonna, I'm not gonna look at any other genres. So I almost kind of, like instantly Prince went out the window. Not that he doesn't have rock songs, but I mean, he is more of a pop artist. He's not necessarily known for just being a guitar player. And, you know, a lot of his music doesn't even have guitar in it, but he's a fucking amazing guitar player. So I was like, all right, so I'm not going to have him on my list. And, you know, there's also really killer guitar players, you know, (laughs) artists I don't listen to, like Keith Urban's a badass guitar player, you know. I can't stand his music, but he wasn't going to make my list anyhow. Don't worry. But Yeah, then you'd have like blues guitar But you could have just gone all over the place, yeah, you know. And I don't really know why I brought up Keith Urban. That was a weird one. But (laughs) for some reason, just the first, you know, country, modern country guitar player that can really fucking play guitar. But I obviously wasn't even going to look at him. I just thought like, okay, this is going to be strictly rock, strictly... Obviously, bands that I'm into, like my favorite and who influenced me as a player since I actually play guitar, like who do I feel like had certain elements that I flat out stole from, like, you know, which when I bring up certain artists, certain guitar players, I'll definitely mention like, oh, yeah, I totally ripped this off of this dude and blah, blah, blah. But having said all that, there's like a giant picture of Eddie Van Halen sitting right here to the right of me. Yeah. A lot of people are going to probably give me crap for not having Eddie Van Halen in my top four. Spoiler alert. Uh, well, I didn't have him either. But I mean... <laughs> it was hard. Yeah. It was hard to not put him on there, but I wasn't looking at it like, hey, like this is going to be the Mount Rushmore of guitar players as far as you know how much they influenced yeah. the world. You know, because, I mean, obviously, Eddie Van Halen comes out and fucking just changes everything. I mean, there's no arguing that. I mean, he was such an innovative player and such a fucking massive influence on so many guitar players all over the fucking planet. There's no arguing his greatness. And if if we were going to look at it like it strictly has to be, like, the greatest guitar players of all time, then sure, he's going to... Yeah, probably top my list, right? But I'm looking more at it like from a fan point of view of who are my favorite guitar players based on favorite bands or favorite style or how much they, like I said before, influenced me as a player. You know, and at the end of the day, if I was a better guitar player, maybe Eddie Van Halen would be on my list. But I can't really say that he influenced my playing ton because i just can't fucking play that shit i suck (laughs) like i've never been able to master all that fucking finger tapping and crazy shit that you know eddie did so it's like yeah so spoiler alert he's not on my list and then i almost i hate to do this because like i seriously got just like a huge list so i'm not going to get too crazy with the honorable mentions and shit but see i didn't hear something i didn't have jimmy page either if i was going to do like the greatest i guess like the holy grail kind of i don't know things it would be like eddie and like jimmy page but then i'm like well i think when i first wrote these down like who do i listen to the most like two right so that took accounting to it because yeah i love van halen and they're not in heavy rotation. Like how you even said Nine Inch Nails and some of those other bands we talked about before, you're like, those never leave my car. Those are always, you know, present or something. And it's like... Yeah, and I mean, I'm a big Van Halen fan, but, you know, like I said, I just looked at this through a certain... Through a certain point of view. It was like I had a list, and then I said, okay, so here's the list of my favorites. Now I'm going to dwindle it down to four that I feel like they were the four out of that list of 10 that influenced me as a player. Yeah. And that like, if you were to listen to my songs that I've written and stuff, like that's what you're going to hear. Like maybe not. I mean, I might say these four and people are like, well, you're full of shit because none of your shit sounds anything (laughs) like that. Yeah. And then my response to that is going to be like, how do you fucking know? Because I know my records haven't sold anything. So I know you motherfuckers ain't listening. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just fucking around. But, um, 
But yeah, so I guess my one that I'm going to call my honorable mention, aside from Eddie, but to me that's just like too obvious putting Eddie on a fucking list too. And part of me wanted to just be like, okay, I'm just going to pick like more obscure guitar players that no one else would have on their list, but then like out of my 10, pick the more obscure ones. But then I'm like, but then that, that almost seems like some kind of pretentious jerk off thing to, to do. And then like, yeah. So I guess my fifth one on this list would probably be Nuno Betancourt from Extreme. And I had a hard time not putting oh, him nice. on there because I've always loved his style. I thought he might've actually been on your. Yeah. I mean, he's four. definitely one of my tops just because. We talked about it, I think, when we were talking about the album Waiting for the Punchline. He really reinvented his playing in between, you know, Pornography, Three Sides to Every Story, which I can't stand that album. That's kind of one of the things where it was like, okay, Extreme's body of work wasn't really big enough, you know what I mean, for me to, like, take Nuno Betancourt and put him up on some pedestal above any of the others that made my list. Mm, Gotcha. You know, so it was like... Stylistically, I just think out of the shredders that came from that era, him and Vito Brada from White Lion are probably just two of my favorites. Just I don't know. They just their playing was unique, you know, and and melodic at the same time, and they just did shit that was really fucking badass. So I guess I kinda almost just threw Vito Brada in as another honorable mention. (laughs) So Yeah. I think now that you mention it, something with Nuno that just popped in my head was like, I think on the Bill and Ted soundtrack, the first movie, there's like an extreme song and he's like playing some kind of almost like Beethoven or some kind of symphonic thing like on the guitar too. Oh, yeah. It's just I had that running through my head right now when you said his name. He's got that. They didn't do Flight of the Bumblebee on that, did they? No, but it sounds like, but they kind of do something like that as an intro to a song. Yeah, because they did that. Flight of the Wounded Bumblebee on uh, Pornography. But, yeah, I mean, his style was just something unique, I thought, even for the 80s stuff. But then when Waiting for the Punchline came out later, which I've already sang my praises to that album, (laughs) and I will probably till the day I fucking die, but I think he truly reinvented himself as a player. Like, his style was just totally different in between, you know the 80s heyday of extreme into this record where it was all of a sudden like kind of cleaner tones and kind of this just different thing. It was just totally different. It was like, man, that's really pretty fucking badass, especially for only having three albums prior to that. And then the (laughs) 90s come along and I don't know, it puts out this other record, which is a totally different thing and a different style of music for them. The band sounds almost completely different. And he's still, like, badass. Like, there's really badass playing. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, man, I can't – I just – fuck. How's he only an an honorable mention now? (laughs) Now I'm, like, talking myself out of leaving him off my list. He even played on, what, is a Black Cat or something, like a Janet Jackson song, too. Yep. So, anyhow, enough about Nuno Betancourt. I think I sucked the dude off long enough on this episode, (laughs) but – you know, I mean, he to me is he's always been like the the guitar player that should have gotten more credit than what yeah. he did. You know, so anywho, on to the real. Unless you have a honorable no, mention of no, sorts. No, I don't have any honorable mentions. I guess it would be maybe Eddie Van Halen because I almost thought about crossing somebody off and going, I'm putting him on there, but I'm like, nope, because these are the first four, so I'm not overthinking it. All right, well, on with the show. I think we fucked around with who's not on our list long (laughs) enough. It's just hard, man. Four was a weird number. It was hard to narrow it down to that. But, uh, you know, I like the Mount Rushmore idea, I guess. That's kind of what gave you that idea. So let's fucking roll with it. So who's your number one? Uh, So um, in a way, you had mentioned the Mount Rushmore thing. And then I kind of – I got really, really nerdy this morning and went like – really deep into the Mount Rushmore part of it. Because, you know, I was like, I thought I knew who the four heads on Mount Rushmore were. Yeah. So I wanted to confirm. It was Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, Lincoln, 
and uh, Teddy Roosevelt. And I couldn't remember if Roosevelt was that fourth head or not, but I'm like, he seems more like way later than those because the other guys are kind of earlier. I don't know. It just seems like a weird mix of four heads. But so anyways, George Washington, he's the forefather of our nation. Well, my first guitar player, uh, Tony Iommi, he's the forefather of heavy metal. And like George Washington, he chopped down a cherry tree with an axe. Well, Tony Iommi was like chopping down uh, some heavy riffs with his axe. So <laughs> chopped his fingers off too. Yeah, see, I even remember that too. Yeah, it was the tips of a couple fingers. So, yeah. so yeah, I was rolling with the presidential part, but yeah. I'm really scared that our list is going to be super similar. I already was scared of that, and so I'm just going to tell you now that Tony Iommi was also on my list. Oh. So, damn. Damn, see, I didn't think we'd even match up at all, but um, really, Tony Iommi, though, man, I don't know. From, like, the first time you hear, like, Black Sabbath, it's like, fuck, dude, your head's just like that emoji with the with the mushroom <laughs> cloud over it. It's like, what the fuck is this spooky shit? Well, he, yeah, I mean, they're all memorable yeah. riffs. That's the funny thing about it, and that's, to me, what makes a great guitar player is I always, like, the one, the riffs you can sing, right? Yeah, so I don't know if I'm going with the riffs or something, a good riff writer over a guitar player, but I think it's the same thing, right? It's a guitar yeah, player I mean, that's playing it, and he has to invent it or come up with that for that song. You don't right? have to be able to like shred to fucking be a great guitar player, I don't think, because yeah. I think there's a lot of shredders that can't write a good melody to, to save their life. And I think Tony Iommi like, only became a better guitar player with time. Like he, His chops got yeah. better where he hung you know back like with uh <clears throat> by the time heaven and hell came out and dio's in the band and shit like he started playing some stuff that yeah was that almost sounds more... like a different band those two records right. versus you know so again like talk about another guitar player on a much bigger larger scale that reinvented himself almost as a guitar player you know yeah put out all these records you know and i mean the riffs and stuff were all progressing anyhow. I mean, by the time you, you went from the first album and uh, got yeah, to that just was more even by the time you got stuff. to yeah, even by the time you got to like volume four, but then not then even but in between volume four and uh, um, master of reality and stuff. Well, I was gonna say like technical. I can't talk, dude. My throat's <laughs> like bothering me, so I'm fucking. Shitting all over words. The English language is going to be uh, <laughs> mutilated today, I think. Um, anyhow, what the hell was I talking? Like, Sabotage, by the time you get to those later records, yeah. I mean, his his playing had already kind of been changing, I would say. The, the riffs maybe weren't as choppy and simple melody-like, uh, you know, like Sweet Leaf. You kind of just got that dun 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 dun. dun yeah, was that more yeah. doomy? I guess. Yeah. And it became. And then he kind of yeah, melodic. Just, he throw it in like, um, yeah, like you're saying, like some stuff got a lot more melodic in yeah. there. Yeah, and a little bit more. I don't know. I don't know the word I'm looking for. Yeah. <laughs> I'm str- I'm struggling to talk today, let alone <laughs> fucking talk and think at the same time. I need more. The problem is I'm. Just taking my sweet ass time on this bloody Mary, so it hasn't even had any time to oh. kick in. And <laughs> I even I was looking up. I remember reading years ago about the fingertips thing and him cutting that off, yeah. and it said that he like cut that off when he was like he had an accident in a factory and was like seventeen. So that was like very like early on, you know. He's like yeah. like a teenager. That kind of accounted for that heavy metal sound because he said he had to like down tune to kind of you know make the strings looser, right? So, yeah, like I guess where I'm going with that is just that accident basically invented that whole genre right there. It's kind of cool thinking about that. Like, yeah, I mean, there's no question that he, you know, obviously it's a huge influence to many guitar players to come. You know, he's a fucking legend, man. He really is like the godfather of he- of heavy metal, you know? Yeah. And his riffs were so simple and melodic on songs like Iron Man, Sweet Leaf, N.I.B., 
even Paranoid. You know, you can sing along with them, and then when you start playing guitar, it's like so easy. It's so much easier to learn a guitar part that you mm-hmm. can sing. That's really easy to sing, you know, because it just they were simple riffs, and it just made you as a guitar player feel like fuck yeah, I can listen to this. <laughs> <clears throat> I remember learning Iron Man and just thinking I was the shit because <laughs> I could play a Black Sabbath song, yeah. and now it's like, well, yeah, everybody can fucking play Iron Man. Yeah. Everybody can play NIB, you know? So, and I remember learning War Pigs and just thinking I was the shit, like, when I learned that riff when it kicks in, <laughs> and I'm like, digga, digga, down, dun, 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 you know? And, like, I thought I was a bad motherfucker, you know? Turns out about everybody and their brother can play that song, too. But, yeah, just exciting stuff. As a guitar player, you start learning that, mm-hmm. and it makes you feel... It's not any less brilliant, I don't think, just because it's simple. Like you, you still have to come up with the melody. Yeah. You know. So, yeah. I mean, that was a huge influence just right from the start. So, I was gonna save him for later, but I'm glad you brought it up early because that really was like the first shit I learned on guitar hmm. was Black Sabbath. You know. Yeah. And for that reason, like I said, simple, melodic, easy to learn. So. Yeah, it's just cool. <clears throat> yeah. Fucking awesome stuff. Who's going to fucking argue with that? Well, I guess since you announced that one, and, God, I just looking at my list and thinking about this, I got a feeling that we're going to have more than one in common. I do, but... I don't think so, actually. So, I'm going to... I don't know, because I'm going to get a lot of shit for one one big one. I can't wait. <laughs> Well, okay, so I'm going to skip to this one because I'm kind of I'm trying um, to Yeah, cuz we really didn't number them. I didn't I didn't No, yeah, I didn't really so. number them. I just kind of threw them down and so Okay. So my next one, I'm kind of just I don't know why I'm worried about the order here. But um without further ado. <laughs> without further ado. Angus Young, hmm. ACDC. Right on. Now, reason being, now this is tough, and this was tough because, um, you know, the two guitar player band thing, like you got, you got Malcolm, and so it's like, well, the two of them together are kind of the magic, you know. But with Angus, I don't. He, his leads and stuff, he just had such a fucking charisma, and I love the fact that he had the look. You know, too. Yeah. Like, well, and just it the energy out and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the energy of his playing, and uh, I remember seeing an interview when I was younger about he was talking about playing live and how he feels like he's possessed by a demon. <laughs> and dude, no, it was really funny though. Here's the funny part about this story: um, my a friend of mine whose mom became very religious, had rented some VHS video and wanted us to watch it. And it was all about how rock music is satanic and blah, blah, blah. And so I had this interview with Angus Young talking about this. He's like, yeah, every time I get on stage, I feel like I'm possessed. And they were like trying to spin it like he's a Satanist. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> like, I didn't think I was laughing like through the whole thing anyhow thinking it was just the whole thing was ridiculous because it was it was the most fucking I don't know man I'm not going to get into politics or anything but it was about like the uh, modern day equivalent of mainstream media putting their own fucking spin on everything and you know taking yeah, videos of that? something the that PMRC, someone said the parents it fuck. I don't even know thing. who made this video it was just some <laughs> asshole trying to make some money off, you know, slandering all these rock musicians and stuff. And it's like, okay, he didn't mean that he was yeah. literally possessed by the devil. Like, get the fuck out of here, you fucking tools. But but it was, you know, it was great because it was like, yeah, I mean, he just lets the... And I've never seen ACDC live and it bums me out, you know, because... Like, there still might be a chance, I guess, but it bums me out that Malcolm wouldn't be there. But, you know, but the riffs, the tone, I mean, 
to me as a guitar player, I've just always, I think everybody that's in a rock band just wants to sound like they have their guitar tone sound like back and black. Like there's just not, it's such a big sound. It's this doing what I'm doing with my arms yeah. that no one can see. It's this massive fuck dude. Like big balls tone man. alone. Okay. That's it. Just, <laughs> and like I said, I almost feel guilty because it is almost like, yeah, these two guitar player bands, obviously there's always the one that kind of gets the spotlight more. In this case, Angus, because he was, you know, kind of the the flashier player, right? Like the lead player and stuff, yeah. which, man, some of those licks, I remember learning Thunderstruck and thinking I was a badass, you know? Which probably was because I probably can't even still play it anymore. But I remember learning it and thinking like, man, this is so fucking cool. And it's actually way simpler than it sounds, you know? And, and then I always thought it was cool, too, because... Um, there's some live stuff where his solos are just different, you know, like he doesn't necessarily live play everything note for note, you know, um, I'm totally drawn a blank at what song I am thinking of, but there is one where the live version on if you want blood is just totally fucking different. I mean, just not even the same. Like he didn't even attempt like, I don't know if he recorded it in the studio and forgot what the fuck he played and then just decided, fuck it, I'm going to play it totally different live. And, you know, I'm sure some people would bitch and piss and moan about that, but I think it's cool. I think that's rock and roll. That's blues, right? Like, And I've always been more drawn to the blues-influenced rock players, and that is 1,000% in Angus's playing. I mean, <laughs> you know, so... Yeah. Bad motherfucker. Who's going to argue with that, right? Nobody. I thought you might actually have that when you first initially said stuff that inspired your playing. Because I remember you said something one time about recording something. You're like, you talked about ACDC's tone. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought you might have that. Yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, take a fucking Marshall and just wrap the motherfucker wide open, you know. Loud as fuck and, you know, kind of cleaner. It's not super distorted. That's what makes it sound so fucking big. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, it's like everybody says, oh, like, or not everybody, but some people say, well, ACDC does the same thing. It's like, well, no, they fucking rock. I mean, what else is there? It's yeah. just that meat and potatoes, rock and roll. <clears throat> yeah. You don't need them to do anything else. What do you want them to do, man? Yeah. Do you really want AC, ACDC to write a ballad? Like, I don't. I don't want to hear them do their version of When the Children Cry or Home Sweet Home. or. (laughs) And I don't want to hear that shit. Like, they should just be a fucking rock and roll band singing about drinking and fucking. Man. And fighting. Drinking, fucking, and fighting, man. You know? That's all they should sing about. (laughs) And now I'm thinking, too, I just had something, how I had that Nuno thing in my head. Now when you say, like, Angus, I got the thing in my head where it was like, I love that big gun song uh, from Last Action Hero. And right. I think in the video, don't they have like, Arnold is dressed up like Angus, too? I don't remember that. I remember the yeah, video. Yeah, like, I think they're both dressed up like that. And Arnold's like doing like an Angus impersonation. Huh. I'm pretty sure. I'll have to go back and look at that. But yeah. Well, and there you go. Like It's like iconic, too. Yeah. So That just tells you what a great guitar player he is. It goes back to the Tony Iommi thing of writing singable... Yeah. Guitar riffs, like you say, big guns, and I instantly can just start singing the lick, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's just, yeah. you said that name, the fucking guitar part came in my head first, you know? You say Thunderstruck, yeah. you know, that comes into your fucking <laughs> yeah. head first. Shit. You know? TNT. Just all that shit, yeah. Even you shook me all night long. I mean, we all know it's like an overplayed, every fucking cover band plays it, blah, 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 but. It's such a simple, that main riff is so simple, and it's just simple, full fucking chords, you know, but it's fucking awesome sounding, hmm. you know, you know, it's just, <laughs> I don't know, that's just the shit that excites me as a fan, but then also as a guitar player, because I don't know, I was never good at getting my fingers fast, and you don't have to be really fast to play ACDC, you yeah. know? And you don't have to have 
crazy technical skills. You can sling your guitar down to your knees and still play those parts, you know? <laughs> so you can look cool and rock out and play some ACDC at the same time, you know? And we used to cover a whole lot of Rosie, and that song just always felt so fucking fun, you know? And also <laughs> it's about fucking fat chicks, so that's kind of great too. <laughs> so anyhow, on that note, I'll turn turn it over to you and your next pick. One guy made my list just because how you said there's two guitar players in a band. And I was kind of thinking this later, actually on the way over here, I'm like, well... Like Iron Maiden, you got multiple guitar players in there, and even Judas Priest. How can you separate, you know, KK uh, from Glenn uh, Tipton or whatever? But then I realized, well, this one, uh, uh, this guy, there was a second guitar player. And I think, I don't know if you could totally separate them, but anyways, I'm going with this. So another head on Mount Rushmore uh, was Teddy Roosevelt, who's got the iconic, you know, look of the mustache and the glasses yeah well this guitar player he's iconic for having a top hat I knew you were gonna sunglasses <laughs> the long hair slash yeah. i knew we were gonna have this one in common oh really shit i knew uh, so. yeah dude it's just like i don't know sure like izzy had a lot to do with the sound and you know the early shit in guns and roses but yeah you still got with Slash. You got Slash with Snake Pit. He's got the stuff with Miles Kennedy, and I'm a huge fan of that shit. With, right. Yeah, you know, like Slash and Miles. Which I wish I was, and I'm just not, but anyhow. Yeah. Even there's an album, too, where it was Slash, and it had the different singers, where there's a track with Ian. Uh, yeah, I like that one. And then there's Ozzy. The Fergie song was Lenny. killer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a cool record, too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he's got, like, this huge like catalog so it's not just like oh he was riding with izzy or whatever you still got like you know 30 years since then yeah and dude i don't know slash is just fucking cool and it is it's probably like how like i don't know some people like our parents age or whatever were like whoa like Jimi hendrix or something right he looked cool and had like the rock star kind of look like well slash he's got the you know rock star look you know so right. growing up it's like man slash always stood out for just looking like a cool dude yeah i mean he's the real fucking deal man he yeah. is a he embodies fucking rock and roll dude. yeah it's a bad motherfucker i can't argue he's on my list but oh, shit. <laughs> where i where my hang up was was like you said like the izzy thing but you know that was really only that one album where i feel like the other guitar player really helped hold it together you know what i mean like appetite yeah the izzy and slash playing off of each other and shit that was like just that was fucking lightning in a bottle one time right yeah. and that's why that record's so fucking great all the rest of the fucking guns and roses stuff after that you basically remember nothing but slash's solos they're all memorable. Yeah. And I think that's why I was like, no, I'm going to still put them on the list because, again, it's going back to... Shit, dude, like November Rain. You yeah. can sing like, the solos. Yeah. I mean, you could sit there and just be like, you just start singing the fucking guitar solo for November Rain. Yeah. Or even Estranged. I mean, which, at the time, I really was tired of that fucking video being on MTV. I always thought that was a really boring song. Um but now I kind of appreciate it a little bit more in my older age, although I don't want to see him play it live, and I have. But, I mean, great guitar solos, though, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's the thing about it. It's strange, just the guitar solos alone are fucking great. And then there's, like, Don't Damn Me, which I think is one of the most <laughs> underappreciated guitar riffs ever. I mean, that fucking just comes in, that... You know, and it's like... How the fuck are people not just sucking this song's dick all the time? Like this is such a great it's a it's a cool song anyhow, but the guitar playing alone, man, like that's slash. That's just fucking badass, you know what I mean? Like he's just got such a cool style, you know? Yeah. And style is everything, you know. A lot of people will be like, Yeah, well, he's technically, you know, not the greatest guitar player, and he's kind of maybe sloppy here and there, but... So that's rock and roll, man. Well, I watched uh, 
the other day I saw some tribute thing that Miles Kennedy and Slash, that whole band, played uh, Crazy Train. Some Ozzy, some award show, and they were like, Given Ozzy Osbourne some kind of fucking lifetime achievement award type thing or something, I can't remember what it was. Was it called, like Golden Gods for like the like, like Revolver or one of those? It might have been things. I don't know, but it was funny because it was like Slash playing Randy Rhodes solo it was like, yeah, <laughs> didn't exactly nail it, you know what yeah. I mean? But it was still cool because it was like fuck, it's Slash and no one cares. Yeah. The dude could have just broke into hot cross buns instead, and people probably still would have been like, yeah, that was fucking cool. <laughs> hot <You> cross <laughs> buns. <laughs> and I've seen Slash several times live, yeah. and he just has, when he comes out to the front of the stage and starts playing a guitar solo, he has a larger-than-life fucking thing about him, man. Yeah. It's like this fucking, I don't know, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he is just, some people, when you see him live in concert, they are larger than life, you know? They walk out on the stage and you're like, holy fuck, that's really him. Like, I felt that the first time I saw Tom Petty, the first time I saw Prince, you know, and that I remember seeing Slash. And the first time I saw him was in Velvet Revolver at a fucking outdoor festival. But the second time I saw him was like in a a theater up in the Rave up in Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. up in Milwaukee. And I don't know, just something about being in a smaller venue like that. And seeing Slash play was like, fuck, man. It was just like, holy shit, I can't believe. Yeah. You know, then when I saw Guns N' Roses, like, years later, it was like, on the reunion tour, I'm like, fuck, it's still just, it's Slash. Like, <laughs> it's like you're saying, like, just, he, yeah. he's an icon, you know? And his playing is, I don't know. I, It's just cool. Like, somebody that can take all that cool that they are and put it in their fucking hands into this guitar and, you know... I don't know. Hmm. That, again, is what makes a great guitar player to me. Not all the, you know, I don't I don't need the million notes. I don't, yeah. Great, you can play a million notes a second. I'm impressed because my fingers, they don't do that. I don't know how the fuck you get them to do that. I've been trying for 20-some years at this point. Yeah. But uh, Don't they say sometimes it's the notes that you don't play, not the notes that you do play? Or yeah, so, I mean, yeah, all those, like, fast shit, it's like, I, agree I don't know, with that. it just becomes the same, you yeah. know? No, I, yeah, I'm a firm believer in that, so, pick your moments and all that, you know, fancy, all that fancy talk, but, Damn. it's just cool. So, yeah. uh, so you saw Velvet Revolver, uh, but um, you said you saw him at um, the Raven Milwaukee, was that Slash, or was that Velvet Revolver? That was Velvet too? Revolver, yeah. It was on the second tour, the second album tour, Libertad or whatever. Oh, damn. I wish I would have seen them. That was way cooler than the uh, the outdoor festival thing. Hmm. And festivals, yeah, they're whatever anyhow. And outdoors sound yeah. sometimes isn't the best, just depends. But, I mean, they, I don't know, like Wyland sounded way better. I thought he sang his ass off that night in Milwaukee. Whereas he was kind of, I thought, rough the first time I saw him. But, uh, yeah, man, I thought they came out and just kicked ass, you know. And, and yeah, like I said, <laughs> Slash, it, you, this, the whole time, every time he plays a solo, you're like, fuck. That's fucking Slash. Holy shit. So, yeah. you know, and I don't get excited about that much anymore. But old and jaded, I guess, and cranky and <laughs> whatever, but... Man, Slash is still something to get excited about. And sure, his best work is behind him. I mean, maybe or maybe not. He's still, you know, is a great player and everything. And you still got another album coming out, I guess. Hey, you're talking about uh, still getting excited about stuff. I saw the new album that he's got coming out in February. It's produced by Dave Cobb, you know, the guy that does Isbell and all right. those country artists. I'm like, that might be kind of different. I don't know if he's going to put a different kind of flavor on it. Yeah. Miles is still going to sing, though, isn't he? Yeah. Miles Kennedy's a great singer, but it's just that a little bit of him goes a long ways with me. Yeah. That's my thing. I don't. I, I hate to hate on the guy because there's no question he's talented. You know, he's a fucking great singer, but it's just, I don't know. <laughs> I get kind of yeah, burned right. out on his voice, you know? So I can see that because, like, not even uh, you and, like, Denny – have opinions on him but even some guys i worked with at turks and they're like fuck dude 
I don't need to hear Miles twice on the radio or whatever because at the time, you know, he'd had stuff with Alter Bridge coming out, and those guys were like, oh, fuck that. Maybe once is enough. Well, even like that, <laughs> that performance of Crazy Train I was talking about earlier, I mean, he's just singing all the way at the top of his fucking range yeah. the whole time, and it just gets old. Like, it's not impressive anymore because there's not the dynamic of low to high. To, you know what yeah. I mean? He's just constantly way the fuck up here. Yeah. It's like, okay, great. You can sing that high. Awesome. I'm impressed, but <laughs> it goes back to the playing guitar players that every solo has to be 5 million notes. It's like, yeah. okay, I was impressed the first time. You know? I was like, oh, fuck, look at that guy. Listen to him go. But then, like, I need some melody or something after that. Like, I don't need to keep hearing how many notes you can cram into... True, you know, 30 true. seconds. So it's kind of the same thing with singing. It's like, I don't, okay, I, I'm impressed. You can hit this, you know, super high fucking note, but I, I, I need you to not for just like every once in a while, maybe just don't hit that note. <laughs> <You know? laughs> don't be all the way at the top of your range. Hmm. So good for him. I mean, I wish I could sing like that, but at the same time, I'd like to think that I wouldn't always just because I can. You know, so <laughs> anyhow, damn, I didn't know we'd have two for two. Yeah, well, uh-huh. yeah, I've got one that you don't have so far. Hmm. So I think you got to go again. Really? Otherwise, I'm just going to blow my wad and give away my fourth one. So, all right. Well, I'm going to change it up. Man. Uh, so this might be a stretch, but Thomas Jefferson, right? <laughs> He's another head on Mount Rushmore. He was the third president. Well, this guitar player that I chose, he was also the third in line in a band. And it's Lindsey Buckingham, because I think he was the third guy in Fleetwood Mac. He had Peter Green. I think he had, like, Bob Welch or somebody. Then then Lindsey Buckingham comes in there. I fucking love Lindsey Buckingham, dude. I don't know, man. So, yeah, it's probably like an oddball choice because every time I look at some list, even my mom bought me some magazine like a year ago when Eddie passed away. And it was like about Eddie. And then there was a list of like the 100 guitar players in there. I instantly flipped to see where Lindsey Buckingham was, and he was at like 99. I'm like, really? That dude's like that low? They're like low balling Lindsey Buckingham that low? Huh. I don't know, man. It does seem pretty low. Yeah, like. So anytime there's one of those lists, even online, I always scroll through it. I skim through it just to see where Lindsey's at. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm overrating the dude, but I don't know, man. Like, I saw Fleetwood Mac live like twice on the same tour. And he does stuff like, you know, Big Love, where it's just him out there with the guitar, and it's just captivating. It's just cool. No, he's a great guitar player. He's unique. I think he is underappreciated, you know. Mm-hmm. I think some people knock him just because he came in following, you know, Peter Green was yeah. like a huge blues guy. Like, he was a hugely, hugely yeah. a word? <laughs> a really big influence <laughs> on many blues players to come. You know, so very bigly, big, very bigly. Um, and he was a beast of, I mean, yeah, Peter fucking green, like people revere him as one of the greats, you know? And so then you, you come in behind yeah. that. And I can't really remember who was the guy that came in that was in between, uh, Peter green and Lindsay Buckingham. I'm just, Oh wait, maybe, watch. maybe it was some, is there somebody, Jeremy Spencer, or something like that. I don't know. I'm just trying to go through all yeah. these members. I mean, yeah, I'm not like this. Huge... I think it might have been a stretch that Lindsay was a third, but I know there were different variations yeah. of the band. Yeah, there were. And then he came in there. But either way, way I mean, later. they totally changed from like a blues band to now they're like a pop rock yeah. thing and started having huge hits and everything and obviously the biggest success they ever had. And so you're going to have people that want to knock yeah. him and be like, well... Yeah, he was a better songwriter and stuff, maybe, but yeah. because they became more successful, you're going to have yeah. the people that want to be like, well, I like the less successful stuff because it makes them sound cooler, yeah. you know? Although so. I didn't know this until later, you know, I got into Fleetwood Mac like maybe 10 years ago, and then it's it's like Judas Priest, they did uh, the Green Man Alishi. That was a Peter Green song, and I'm like, holy shit, this was a Fleetwood Mac song? Fleetwood Mac right. had this stuff before <coughs> that, and I think didn't... 
Isn't there something like Santana? Was it like Black Magic Woman or one of those songs that uh, Santana did was actually like a Peter Green uh, Fleetwood Mac song too. Right. So so now I'm getting off the rails, but it's like, I'm yeah. I'm letting you like, go, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm enjoying the ride. I'm going where you're going. Like it's apples to oranges. You can't really compare Lindsay to Peter because they're like two different bands almost. Yeah. Two yeah. totally different styles of players. And I mean, yeah, man, I don't disagree with that choice. Other than it not being on my list, but you know. Here's my other thing with Lindsay, though. Here's my other point is why Lindsay is awesome. Every time the dude leaves Fleetwood Mac for whatever reason, if he quits or he gets kicked out or whatever. It always takes two guys to replace him. When he left it's in true. the 80s, it was, I think, somebody, Billy Burnett and Rick Vito or something. Then now, no offense, but he comes back in. He leaves now, and they got Mike Campbell and this guy from Crowded House, like Neil Finn. So, uh, see, it takes, like, two people to replace him. Maybe it's because he sings and plays guitar, so they need somebody that plays guitar and then can sing. But either way, it always takes two guys to do what one man can do. I will say and that's I Lindsay. <laughs> I will say, speaking of Mike Campbell, I did have him on my t- on my list of ten before narrowing this down. And then, because he's a great guitar player, is I mean, that why you wanted to murder me? Because you had to cut Mike Campbell. Yeah, no, but yeah, he, you know, great little melodies and stuff. I mean, like the guitar solo for American Girl alone is. You know, yeah. Again, there's another one that you can just sing, right? Yeah. You know, and it goes into the. Yeah. yeah, it's got this really long intro and then the re- really long outro in that song. Yeah, yeah. I love it, man. Mark fucking Campbell. Yeah. Well, he's not on my list, but <laughs> so I guess moving along, we're already, we already made it to number four, and uh, you know, this is one. No, that was my third. Well, so, I know, but I'm on my fourth because we had Slash in common, so. Wait, Slash, Iomi. Yeah, and I had Angus Young. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I know. We kind of had, yeah, moved along a little quick and got out yeah. of order because we had the two in common, so we had to change everything up. But um, So my number four, this is another two-guitar player band, and, you know, some are going to, Maybe argue the other guy's technically the better guitar player and blah, blah, blah. But Joe Perry from fucking Aerosmith has a certain swagger to his playing that, I mean, I've always thought he was just the shit. A, he just looks cool as fuck when he plays. Like, I remember seeing Aerosmith live the first time and just thinking, fuck, dude, that dude is so cool. Like... He's just so fucking cool, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, like, he may not technically be the best player. He's a good player. He's a damn good player, you know? And he is – he kind of has that sloppy-ish, bluesy kind of thing, you know? That swagger is what I always think of it as. Mm-hmm. It's not slop, really. It's just maybe not technically tight. He's not like a John Petrucci, right? Everything's not clean and perfect, but that's what makes it fucking cool. And I've always just, like, really gravitated towards his playing, so much so that I've blatantly ripped off his riffs and Hmm. stuff. Like, you know, I remember we, me and a couple guys had, like, this cover band years back, and we played No More, No More and Adam's Apple off of Toys in the Attic. Mm -hmm. And I just loved the riff for Adam's Apple. This cool fucking like inverted bend thing that just resonated in such a cool way. And then I wrote this song with it, like, you know, because I was playing it like in the cover band thing, which we only played like a couple gigs. It was like this very short lived thing. But it was totally worth it because then I wrote this song, you know, and completely ripped it off. And I basically, I just literally took that riff and changed the order of the notes. I just started playing it differently and was like, oh, fuck, I really like it like this, <laughs> you know? And just accented a couple things, you know, a little differently and shit. And then next thing you know, it's like, oh, cool. And then, like, what's really funny about it is every time I'd have, like, a guitar player tell me, like, oh, dude, that riff in that song is really fucking cool. 
thanks. I totally ripped off Joe Perry. (laughs) I mean, it's just point blank. I fucking ripped him off. And I always like, I've gotten compliments over that riff, like several times, like, man, that riff's really fucking cool. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess I wrote it, but not really, (laughs) you know, I wrote the song, but I totally lifted that off Joe Perry and fuck man. Why not? You know, those are some, I mean, man, the early Aerosmith stuff is just so fucking cool, you know? And then even his solo stuff after is cool. It's just, the guy is cool. And I don't mean like the guy's cool. I mean like cool is Joe Perry. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? I even, I even uh, like recently like reposted a photo on Facebook where I got to meet him. It was like, Real quick, yeah. uh, but he was doing a signing at a guitar center up in like Schaumburg or something like that. And I actually like, I'm like, I need to take the day off work to go do this. I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna go meet him. Cause how, however else are you gonna meet Joe Perry unless you do like a thousand dollar meet and greet or something? Yeah. And he was doing a book signing and yeah. they actually said at first no pictures either. And then all of a sudden, once you got up there, they were taking pictures. I think they just said that just to make it seem like the line was going to move faster. <coughs> right. But fuck. Dude, I've never seen Aerosmith either. You've never seen Aerosmith live? No, no, no. Like, I want to, or I wanted to, but I s- saw him live once with the Hollywood Vampires, like his oh, little okay. band with Alice Cooper and yep. Johnny Depp and stuff. That'd and it was too, this really small little intimate venue in Phoenix where the stage, like, spins. It, like, rotates. And it was just the same way as you said. It's like... Fuck, dude, that's Joe Perry. And he's like, I don't know, 20 feet away from me, for like from me to their curtains or something. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, dude. That's well, awesome. yeah, that's another one where it's just like, man, just he's just a larger than life character. I mean, the whole band hits the yeah. stage, and you really are only watching Steven Tyler and Joe Perry. Yeah. Because they're just so fucking, you know. And uh, Steven Tyler, a little bit of him goes a long ways anymore. I don't know what it is about him, but he's, I think, just kind of become annoying annoying i said that weird too like everything i'm saying today oh well maybe joe perry just maintained his cool right yeah no that's the thing is he's just still cool and then like steven tyler i think just got too big i think he just i think fame went to his head and he's just kind of a fucking spaz or something i don't know and reading the joe perry book and stuff kind of leads me to believe that even more joe perry i'll put it this way steven tyler being a judge on fucking yeah, American, American Idol. Idol, it's like, dude, that's about as fucking, that's about as cool, that's about as cool as and rock and roll as my fucking grandma's sock drawer. Like, <laughs> you know, like, get the fuck out of here, man. Like, but Joe Perry's still cool. Like, he just, yeah. he never did anything to lose that fucking cool, you know? Yeah. And his playing again, his cool comes through his playing. You hear it. And it's fucking cool too. And it's like, well, no wonder. No wonder these riffs are so fucking cool. Look at the guy. He's so fucking cool. So I'm done sucking Joe Perry off now. If you'd like to get on with your number, I'm making myself uncomfortable. So, <laughs> all right. So I don't know if I'm necessarily saving the best for last, hmm. but I'm saving this one for last. That's Shocker. probably going to get me oh. shit. So, so far, the score is what? Tony Iommi. Um, we each had Tony Iommi, we each had Slash, you had Angus, and then Joe Perry, and then I had Lindsey Buckingham. Well, now this one's also going to show my age, because these are all classic rock, you know, dudes. Mm-hmm. So, the fourth head on Mount Rushmore is Abraham Lincoln, Honest Abe, from the land of Lincoln, and... Abraham Lincoln emancipated the slaves. Well, this guy emancipated fucking some riffs from his pedal. It's Tom Morello. He's also from the land of Lincoln. <coughs> I was trying to figure out where the hell you were going yeah. with that. But I don't anyhow. even know where I was going with it. But they're both from the land of Lincoln because Tom Morello's from um, Libertyville, Illinois. And I don't know. So that's probably going to give me shit for, for choosing Tom Morello over Eddie Van Halen. But I think in the same way that some people were like, had their mind blown by Eddie, I had my mind blown by Tom Morello. Because when I was first listening to the radio and you hear Rage Against the Machine, it sounds like fucking like lasers or some outer space shit. Like, wow, 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 wow. 
Yeah, like, like, what is he doing? What, what is this? Like, I know now it's like pedals and it's just effects, but still, right. it's like somebody's got to push the pedal and, you know, find the little, you know, technique to do that. Well, he's got to make it sound like a song. I mean, he does some weird shit. Yeah. melodies out of it, you know. and Dude, but like Rage Against the Machine, and not even just that, I love like Audio Slave maybe even more than Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Like, well, I remember, was it the third Audio Slave record? That I remember it really being a dud, but, like, he plays his ass off on it. Like, he actually shreds on that record where it was like, oh, fuck, this dude can actually do more than just all that wah-wah-wah shit. Yeah, like, I love that record. It's know? like um, Revelations because there's Original Fire on there, and that sounds like some really funked out 70s song like you would think it would be from somebody else, but it's yeah. like, you know, Audio Slave. He did. That was the thing that bummed me out was I thought it was kind of some of the – like, the songs weren't as strong. You know, that first record was just, like, almost too fucking good. But third one came out, and it's like, maybe the songs weren't quite there compared to the others. But, man, his playing was like, I don't know. It was almost just like he set his mind to it that, hey, this record, I'm going to show everybody that I can do all this other shit. Anybody that's just hating yeah. on me saying, oh... I'm nothing without my pedals. I'm going to fucking show you I can actually play the guitar. Yeah. To me, that's what I got out of that record, you know? Yeah, like, and then <laughs> I think they broke up like a month later and didn't even tour it or anything. Yeah. It was like it just came out and then boom, they're done. They were mad like, at him. They said, man, you didn't even do any of those cool pedal effects. Well, he did, but <laughs> <laughs> you've changed, Tom. We're breaking up the band. Yeah. No, that's not how it went at all. It was fun saying yeah. it, but... Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good pick. I think a lot of people, um, there's a lot of people that really love him as a guitar player. Never spoke to me, I guess, you know. I appreciate what he did, but, like, it's nothing I ever, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, are you really, as a guitar player, going to try to just copy that? Like, it's too new. Yeah. Like, if you waited, like, if somebody came out now and embellished on, like, what he was doing before, then, yeah, you could get away with it, you know. But, yeah. Yeah. So, although I don't know what, what the fuck's stopping anyone because Eddie came out and then the 80s happened and everybody was, you know, yeah. finger tapping yeah. motherfuckers. Like, that's all anybody wanted. Like, every guitar solo's got to have some finger tapping in it or you suck. And uh, so I don't, yeah. But. Yeah, so, like, I don't know if I'm showing my age. I probably am. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, it was, like, 98. Whatever I was like fourteen, and like you got, um, what was it? What was the song? Um, Gorilla Radio. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah. And Sleep Now in the Fire. Those fucking came out, and I'm just like, oh my god, I gotta go buy this from Co-op like right now. I have to buy this yesterday. Right. Well, I concur. He's a unique player, and you know it's weird because neither one of us had Dimebag on there, which. Yeah, see, I thought you might have had, like, Dimebag or, like, Ace. <laughs> yeah, Dimebag, great player. I wouldn't say he influenced me much as a guitar player. I did learn a lot of, like, Pantera stuff when I wanted to try to learn how to be a little bit more metal of a guitar player yeah. and stuff. But, uh, yeah, as much as he's revered as a great, I never liked his guitar tone. It was always just thin and not good his playing was great the tone just wasn't and you know hmm. i don't know it wasn't and his playing wasn't what i gravitated towards necessarily with um pantera so which you know a lot of people obviously he did some unique stuff and i really think like reinventing the steel that album he was on fire i mean that album he truly did some shit on the guitar where it was like yeah okay you know, even like some of the stuff on Great Southern Trend Kill, like Floods and stuff, killer guitar solo there. And so, yeah, he, I'm a fan, but yeah, I just don't feel like I could put him above the others just because, like I said, like my final four, the yeah. deciding factor was how much they influenced me as a guitar player. See, like one guy who we haven't mentioned really at all. Well, Kurt. I think you might have mentioned him very, very briefly. But one guy I thought you would actually have was Randy Rhodes. Mm. Yeah. Well, and he's obviously a great Even as much player, as you but... talked about and you put up uh, the first Ozzy album, like Blizzard of Oz, you were like... 
Yeah. Boom, you had that up there. So, I, yeah. I but it, like maybe what is it? Because he doesn't have as much body of work. Yeah, maybe that, and then maybe the fact that again, like I said with Eddie, it's hard for me to say that he influenced me a lot as a player because I couldn't fucking play the shit. <laughs> I'm still trying to learn certain licks by Randy, but he, you know, I did consider him. I mean, he would, he'd be on my ten, my top ten list. Mm-hmm. You know, if we were gonna do a top ten list, but. You know, hard. Like I said, narrowing it down to four, I just kind of went with, you know, who did I spend my... Just got to go with your heart, I guess. Yeah. Like, who who did I spend my so-called music career, let's call it. Um, it's a pretty loose usage of the word career, mm. considering I haven't paid my bills with Hey, that. but still, but, but still, what made you pick up a guitar on this? But those are like what too. I rip off, right? Like yeah. when I sit down to write a song or something or record a song, I'm like always just going to be like, oh, well, you know, how would Angus's rig sound? Yeah. You know, or how would Joe Perry play this? He'd probably put some cool bend here, you know, and that's... Why I play it that way. See, so. but that's what I thought would be cool because you've got that different perspective on it. Whereas, right. like, you know, I don't have that. I've just got, you know, what I heard on the radio or whatever. And what, you know, was like fucking blew my mind, like I said, the emoji with a little mushroom cloud. Right. Well, there's one thing to say for Eddie, man. Like, I still, every time I listen to Van Halen, I'm just. Man, those guys, those first couple records, they were so fucking on fire. Yeah, and it's no, there's no question that, you know, if I if if I was gonna base this on who's the greatest and who did the most for rock guitar in general, like he's obviously gonna be on the actual. If they were gonna make an actual Mount Rushmore, I'm not gonna sit there and advocate for fucking Joe Perry to be above Eddie Van Halen, you know. So, not that I'm making, I'm not backpedaling on my list or making excuses for it, but I've already mentioned a million times why, what my deciding factor was on my four. But, you know, at the same time, having said all that, it's like really hard to argue that Eddie Van Halen is not one of, if not the greatest guitar player to ever walk the fucking planet, you know? I mean, and a lot of people will say like, oh, Jimi Hendrix, because he was so innovative. He was... Like the Eddie Van Halen before Eddie Van Halen, because he came out and people were like, what the fuck is this guy doing, you know? He's murdering that guitar over there. Yeah, and I'm a fan, but I didn't feel like Jimmy could be on my list because I'm not quite big enough of a fan. See, yeah, I got to appreciate, I can can respect that, but it's not like, you know, what I'm like, you know, thrown in and... Yeah, I mean, I have have to be in the mood for Jimmy. Like, I have all the records, but... You know, like I listen to them every once in a while. I have, probably haven't dropped a Jimi Hendrix record on my turntable in a year. You know, I think I might have dropped Axis Bold, Boldest Love on there, like, <clears throat> I don't know, maybe a year ago, maybe six months ago at the earliest. But man, as far as like, you know, fuck, I don't know, Back in Black, as much as half that record's overplayed, I still listen to it. Highway to Hell, still one of my favorite rock records ever. And, you know, Toys in the Attic. I mean, that, some of those riffs and stuff between that and Rocks and even Get Your Wings. I mean, Let There Be Rock, man. (laughs) And Let There Be Rock. There you go. Yeah. And, you know, and like I kind of said before, too, like I was making my list based on guitar playing alone and not, not song writing or you know what i mean otherwise i'd probably have to put like george harrison on there like who's a guitar player that you know was a great that also was a really great songwriter i mean george harrison some of my favorite beatles songs were the george harrison songs so something is probably still one of my all-time favorite beatles songs it's always hard to really say like pick i can't pick one you know what i mean but i don't know that if we were going to start basing it, on yeah, all he also did. Um, um, while well, my guitar gently weaves too, right? That was one of his. Which he didn't write. He didn't do the solo. That was Clapton that actually oh, recorded really? the guitar solo on that. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. But yeah, that's another one of my favorites. Here comes the sun. We could just Yeah. <laughs> we could go on a whole Beatles fucking rabbit hole and <laughs> never get out of it. So anyhow, it was a fun episode. It was a unique idea. It was something different and I liked the challenge. I was bitching and cussing you all week. Like I just I was like, I'm not gonna tell him I can't do it, but fuck I don't know if I can do it. Like <laughs> I I've never any of these lists we've made. I've put more work into other lists, but like you never wanted to punch me in the face more than you have. But right now. I had a really hard time with this. Like <laughs> I banged out like a list of ten, and then just was like, or maybe more. I don't even know. I just like literally, literally was you know just fucking typing names out, and then was like, well, how the fuck am I gonna, <laughs> you know, what's the criteria that I'm gonna have to put in place to whittle this down to four names? So anyhow. It was fun, and I suppose we might as well on that note say good say goodbye. Thanks for listening, people. Yeah, thank you. And until next time. <laughs> <laughs>